it's a time of great victory. Your past does not have to dictate your future. We are on the solid rock, Christ Jesus. God's got something better for you. Psalm 65, 11, if you want to open to that, just to take a look at this scripture. And, and I encourage you to meditate upon it and to get it into your spirit, into your soul, and let it just come about in your life throughout this, this year. Psalm 65, 11, from the New International Version says, You crown the year with your bounty, and your carts overflow with abundance. Hallelujah. Anybody want to, who, who will claim that? Anybody want to jump in on that? Amen. The word bounty that's used there, it, it means something given or occurring in generous amounts. Yeah, about time. I'm glad for this season that's coming. Amen. Something given or occurring in generous amounts. It, it, uh, the, the origin of that word simply means goodness or generosity in, in its sense. So you crown the year with your bounty and your carts overflow with abundance. Praise God. I want to talk today about living in abundance and overflow. How do we do that? Does that sound good? You know, God just, he moves in seasons. Um, in fact, I'm going to be looking at Ecclesiastes, the third chapter, several different chap- uh, verses probably, but Ecclesiastes has a lot to say. Solomon wrote this. He was, it was uh, said that he was the wisest man that ever lived. And so in Ecclesiastes, it's, it's fun to read that, thinking about those things. But in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, it says, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the sun. God has established and designed that uh, we have seasons. Seasons, there's natural seasons that we're in the winter season right now. And, um, you know, some places, you know, when I lived in Oklahoma, there was definite changes of, of in seasons. I mean, you knew when it was going to change. Down here, sometimes it's kinda, they kind of blend together, you know. Most of the time we have like one month of winter, and, uh, and that's about it. But, uh, but there's still seasons, and when you're, when you're here, you know. You, you, you can feel the season. You can feel the changes, can't you? The atmosphere change and the different things. How I many you know what I'm talking about? <clears throat> so the same way in the spiritual realm, there's seasons, and it's important to know uh, these seasons <clears throat> and so the first question that I always ask is, Lord, what season is it? <laughs> you know, if you wake up, you ever had one of those things where you're real tired and you went to sleep and then you woke up and you thought, what day is it? What, you know, where am I? What's going on? Am I, um, we went, uh, it was one Sunday we went home and Sandy was so tired and she went to sleep and, and she slept that afternoon, but uh, I think it was just like after the time had changed. And, and so she woke up about seven o'clock that evening and she looked outside and it was the, it just looked about, it could have been 7 o'clock in the morning. And when she looked and saw 7 o'clock, she thought that she'd slept all night and it was 7 o'clock in the morning. So she was up and I, I thought, she's acting a little weird. And, you know, and all this stuff. And I, I said, um, what are you doing? Well, I've got to go, you know, I've got to do this and I've got to do that. I says, aren't you going to do that tomorrow? Tomorrow? And I says, honey, it's 7 o'clock at night. At night? And she was, you know, just all shook up. And that just, it's a strange thing. It makes you feel really strange. Well, Sometimes we get all caught up in things in the spiritual realm, and we need to know what season it is in the spiritual realm. And so that's what I've been seeking God about, and, and I, I'm excited. I, I'm glad to get past that la- season from last year. Amen? The Lord had told us last year, at the beginning of the year, that it was going to be a year of overcoming. 
and uh, talked about that, preached messages on it, how to walk in victory and all this stuff. And wow, I had no clue what all was in store for last year. I'm glad that that's behind us. And I'm excited to see this new season. And so Solomon says in Ecclesiastes 3.1, there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the sun. So I believe that we're living in a, this, this season that we're entering into is a season of abundance and overflow. So, you know, now that can happen. You know, we can just, it can just go right past us. We can be in and around it and things will happen. I think that even in the natural realm, you know, uh, the Bible says that God, the, it, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. I believe, you know, already we're seeing things in the stock market that's higher than ever before and various things like that. I, although we don't always get all the good news on the news, but I think that uh, those times are going to be better. I think there's going to be increase there. But, but more specifically in the spiritual realm, that's what I'm concerned about because the, the spiritual realm supersedes. It's above what's happening here on the earth. So there's a little overflow because it rains on the just and the unjust, but the good thing is, and the good news is that there's a, that we're in the spiritual realm, we're entering into a season of abundance and overflow. Um, in, uh, on down now in verse 11 there in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, if you'll follow with me. Solomon goes on to write, he says, um, he has made everything beautiful in its time. And I just keep thinking, well, my time's going to come pretty soon. I'm going to be beautiful one of these days. My time just hadn't got here yet, you know. <laughs> Everything's beautiful in its time. And uh, he, he, he uh, says, says further, he has also set eternity in the hearts of men. And that means women too, in, in the hearts of mankind. So he says, uh, he's made everything beautiful in its time. And he has also set eternity in the hearts of men. Now, let's kind of unpack this a little bit. Let's do a little Bible study this morning. Is that okay? Let's learn something. Let's get some direction. Let's get some instruction because we don't want to miss this season. I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss it. I need, a, I need a little bit of overflow. I need a little bit of abundance. Amen? And so where he says here that... Um, Again, in its time, so that, that gives us a reference about in season. But it says he's, he has also said eternity in the hearts of men. The word that's used there, now in the King James it says uh, world. It's really, it's a bad translation for that word. The, the Hebrew word there, uh, Strong's number is 5769. It literally means eternity or the time of uh, the present created order the time of the present created order. In other words, the order that God has created. It's a limitless. That's what eternity gives us the idea of not bound by limitations, not limited, okay? I'm swallowing so much because I took a, Sandy gave me a cough drop because my throat's been a little scratchy and I took this cough drop and man, I mean, it works. There's an abundance and overflow in this cough drop. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was just a regular cough drop, but it's hitting the anointings, hitting it, and it's just overflowing. And I can't swallow enough. <laughs> but, but this word eternity means, and, and I know this sounds like a funny word, but limitlessness, okay? In other words, there's no limitations in this. So he says he's put uh, eternity in the hearts of mankind. He's put uh, limitlessness in your heart. In other words, you have the capacity to go beyond limitations. And, you know, so when we're in this season, 
there's certain things that come. Satan likes to try to limit us. He wants to hold things back, right? That's what he does. He goes to hold things back. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But, but Jesus said, but I've come that you might have life and have it to the full, have it more abundantly, you know, without limitations. And so we've got to get into this point of this, this uh, flow of no limitations, no limits. So it's, it's a time of God's present created order, how he creates what he, the order that he's created without any limitations because God's not limited by anything, all right? Are you following me? So he's put that in our hearts. Isn't that good? That's inside of us. That's part of how he made us, uh, made us up. So we're not limited by the circumstances of this world, doesn't matter what's going on. When we are in God's season, then it's going to be good, just like at, at creation. He says he did this, and, and he says, and it was good. So when he's put this within our hearts, he says, this is good. This is what I want. This, this will help you, and this is how we got to get into abundance and overflow. Now, reading on the rest of that verse there in verse 11 of Ecclesiastes 3, he says, um, yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Well, that's true. We can't even imagine all that God has done from beginning to end. Even the beginning or the end of the, the season that we're entering into, we can't even fathom that. Verse 12, he says, I know that there is nothing better for men than to be happy and do good while they live. Okay, cool. God is a good God. He wants you to be happy and do good in this life. You know, he says there in Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to, to prosper. I, I, you know, I, I've got a good plan for you. Verse 13, it says, That everyone may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all his toil. Hey, this is the gift of God. Being able to find satisfaction in all that you do, in your labor, in your work, and whatever. That's the gift of God. And he says, I know that everything God does will endure forever. Praise God. Nothing can be added to it and nothing taken away from it. God does it so that men will revere him. And so there's no limitations. Nobody can add anything to it, can't take anything away from it. So God's going to do this. So God's moving in a season. He says, you know, there's a time for everything. And God's put uh, limitlessness in your heart. So that there's no limitations when you step into this. And so what we have to do is, is simply um, move with God in the season that he's in. Just get, you know, find out what it is and move with him, amen? Find out what God's doing and get on the same page. Um, move with him. Now, Daniel chapter 2, verse 21, there's another scripture that kind of comes along this line. Because we're looking at the character of God. Who is God? How does he work what is his you know um what is his design and so as we look at that we're discovering this is what god does he designs to work through seasons and in daniel chapter 2 verse 21 he says he changes times and seasons he sets up kings and deposes them he gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning so he uh, changes times and seasons. God does that. He moves <clears throat> in seasons, and he sets up, he puts down, and he gives uh, wisdom to the, uh, to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. Now, we need to have wisdom and knowledge. In this season, he, he brings this thing in. You know, God's, uh, he, he moves through, he says, uh, he changes times and seasons, sets up, moves out, but he also gives wisdom to the wise and, and uh, and knowledge to the discerning. So in this, we've got to have wisdom to step into this season, to walk in this season. 
you know, James says, when he's talking about, you know, walking through trials of many kinds, he says, if any of you uh, lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives liberally. So we need wisdom, knowing how to use uh, the knowledge that we do have. And so, you know, it's like the men of Issachar there in First Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32, what's said of them. It says, these men, they understood the times. They understood the times that they were living in. And so if you just simply understand the times and understand God, then people, uh, you're going to go far. You know, you're going to see blessings in your life. And uh, so we need to be like these men of Issachar. We need to have wisdom and understanding throughout this time. So how are we going to know? How, how are we going to know? What? Ask. That's right. If you don't know, ask, right? In fact, James says there in chapter 4, verse 2, you have not because you ask not. And when you do ask, you ask with the wrong motives because you just want to waste it on yourself. That's what he's saying in, in James chapter 4, verse 2. He says, um, when you do, you don't receive because you have these selfish motives. So we've got to get rid of our selfish motives. We need to be humble before the Lord. Just like we were singing a while ago, I surrender. You know, Lord, have your way. And uh, we need to ask. Simply ask God. Jesus said, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. So we need to ask, seek, and knock. And we do that through prayer. And so two things that I've kind of got in my mind that I need to, you know, um, know where God's going and get on board with him. I just simply need to pray and obey. That's how simple it really is in life. Pray and obey. <clears throat> in prayer, I'm going to ask him what he's doing, what I need to do, uh, and so that he'll give direction. And then I want to obey his word that he already has established, and the direction that he gives to me every day, amen? So what are we asking for? Well, we're asking for wisdom, and we're asking for knowledge. But in Zechariah, it's pretty cool, thinking along this line, following the seasons and how God moves in seasons. In Zechariah chapter 10, verse 11, if you want to look there, I think it's pretty cool that uh, he gives this direction. This, he says, ask the Lord for rain in the springtime. Now, Ask the Lord for rain in the springtime. So what's he saying there? Ask in season. All right, see, the springtime is, is uh, a time of rain. Well, why do you need to ask for rain when it's going to rain? Huh? It's when you plant seeds. But he says, ask for rain in the springtime. Why would he have you do that? You need to ask for rain in the season of rain. You need to ask for abundance in the season of abundance. You need to ask for overflow in the season of overflow. <clears throat> so when there's a season of abundance or overflow, that's when you need to ask. Well, why do I need to ask if it's going to happen anyway? Well, I've, I've noticed something. Uh, it's been raining a lot here, hasn't it? And grass grows crazy down here, doesn't it? You can literally mow every fourth day. Four, you know, four days past, you can mow. How I many you realize that? Except I haven't had to mow for a long time. Why? It's not the season, is it? Why isn't that grass growing? It's not the season for it to grow. But it's raining. We can ask for rain. That's fine. I mean, it just makes it more muddy. It just kind of—it's really not the season to have rain. I mean, it's—it's it's fine. Yeah, it, it stores up, and we'll need it later on. But it's not doing any good, is it? But when it's time, when spring comes, if it rains, then what's going to happen? 
It's going to grow. So he's saying, ask for rain in the season of rain. So God's telling us, ask for abundance in this time. This, oh, y'all aren't getting this, I don't think. You know, you say, well, uh, and you have not because you have not. Well, it's going to be, a pastor said, this is a season of abundance and overflow. Well, I hadn't seen no abundance. I hadn't seen no one. Oh, well, have you asked? Did you ask? Why should I ask if God's doing it? You need to ask. Because he says, ask in the season of when it's, when it's going to be. We ask for rain in the season for rain. And, and so uh, ask for increase in the time of increase. Ask for abundance in the time of abundance. Ask for overflow in the time of, in the season of overflow. Leviticus chapter 26, here's another scripture. I hope you're jotting this down because this is a Bible study. You'll need to go back over this and you'll need to get it into your spirit and, 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 and follow these things. Leviticus chapter 26, verse 3 and 4, he says, If you follow my decrees and are careful to, what? Obey my commands, I will send you rain in its season. Now, wait a minute. I thought, I thought he was going to do that anyway. No, it's a season of overflow, abundance and overflow. And we need to ask him for abundance and overflow. But, you know, also there's some things that can hinder when we ask. Did you know that? That's why he says, if you follow my decrees and are careful to, there's that word again, obey. That's a weird word, isn't it? Obey. How did he come up with obey? Obey. 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 I don't know where they came up with that. It's just a strange word, you know, but wow. Obey. If you follow my decrees and are careful to obey my commands, I will send you rain. I will send you rain in its season. I will send you rain. 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 If you obey, if you pray and you obey, then he's going to send rain. He's going to send that substance or whatever it is in this season. He's going to send abundance in this season of abundance. He's going to send, I don't know, y'all getting, are you getting this? I, I guess maybe you're just thinking real hard, see? Um, verse 9 there, Le- Leviticus chapter 26, verse 9. He says, I will look on you with favor and make you uh, f- fruitful and increase your numbers. I underlined increase, right? Because these things are jumping out because this is a season of increase. This is a season of abundance. This is a season of overflow. And so he says, I will look on you with favor. Praise God. I want God looking on me with favor. And this goes back to praying and obeying, right? And he says, and make you fruitful and increase your numbers, and I will keep my covenant with you. Praise God. You will still be eating, listen to this, this is cool. You will still be eating last year's harvest when you will have to move it out and make room for the new. You ever go to the refrigerator and you got, you know, Sandy comes in with more groceries, like, well, where are we going to put them? We got so much in here now. Well, let's clear that out and put the new in, yeah. Overflow. He said, you're going to have enough that you're still going to have so much left over that when you're trying to make room for, the, for next year's overflow coming in, for the rest of it coming in, you're going to have to just clear it out. You're going to have to just find some place to give it and, and give it away and give it away because here comes more. Did you know that when you hand it out the front door, he hauls it in the back door? Amen. Hallelujah. Now, this is, I, I'm getting excited about this. How many of you can use some of this? 
Amen, amen. So now think about this. Ask for rain in the time of rain or ask in season, okay? And um, so, I mean, you know, how can we miss that? And then verse, again, verse 3 and 4, if you obey my decrees and are careful to, or if you follow my decrees and are careful to obey my commands. So there it is. We've got to be careful and make sure that we're obeying what he's told us to do, his word. And so, but why do we need rain? Why do you need rain? Why? In, in what does rain do? Causes stuff to grow, right? Okay. Uh, it, it's, the rain brings increase. The rain helps bring forth that increase so that there can be a harvest. Amen? Okay. All right. So that's not so hard. God moves in seasons, but he also, how does he respond? How does, in how, how does he move in that season? What has to happen in that season for there to be increase? He's going to send, he brings the season, and he's going to bring the rain, but what, is, what has to be there for it to work? If you just got a, a, you know, a, a, a yard of mud or a field of mud out here, dirt and nothing else out there, what good is it going to be if it's in season and the rain's coming on it? Is that going to do any good? You're just going to have mud, right? And abundance of mud and an overflow of mud because he said abundance and overflow. But if mud's all you got or dirt's all you got, mud's all you're going to get. How do you change it? There you go. So there's another principle here. It's a natural principle. It's also a spiritual principle. Seed time and harvest. Now, you know, we always follow that and follow the Lord in our worship of giving, but there's certain seasons to make sure you got your seed in the ground. In Genesis 8.22, again, we're looking at God trying to figure him out, you know, get, get our hand around this a little bit. Things that, it's not anything that we haven't really didn't know, but it's reminding us of who he is. In Genesis chapter 8, verse 22, it says, As long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. All right, so here we go. You know, you, at night you go out, no clouds in the sky. You go turn around, you find the north star. The, that's the north star. The north star is always going to be north, right? It's always, God put it there. As long as we're in this universe, the north star is going to be the north star, right? That's a certain, I mean, that's just the way it is. And so what he's saying here, and he, in fact, he was telling Noah this after the flood. He said, as long as the earth endures, seed time and harvest cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night will never cease. You can count on it. Well, why do we not follow that then? You know, you can turn a lot of lights on when it gets dark, but it's still night. It's still dark. You're just trying to change it a little bit. You can do all you want to, but the only way that God's going to respond in a season, or only thing that's going to help you in this season of overflow and abundance is seed time, is getting the seed in at the seed time because like i said if you just have a field of dirt and here comes it's the season for it and here comes the rain and it hits that dirt the dirt just turns to mud right but if you have seed in the ground when that rain comes in that particular season because you can put seed out now it'll lay there dormant and that's fine because you got seed there but so when the season comes then that that's going to grow so you see we've got seed that's been planted way back there that i believe is going to come up in this season right now along with new seed as well hallelujah praise god so he says you know 
you can count on this as long as the earth endures there's going to be seed time and harvest there's going to be heat and cold there's going to be you know day and night it's just going to it's going to happen it's never going to cease so god moves in response then to seed time uh, to the seed that's planted or i guess maybe a better way of saying that we benefit from god's seasons and his reign or whatever he sends when we then follow his word and his principles. See, he said, if you obey these things, then, then you, you'll have increase. Now, thinking about getting the seed in, well, you plant seed for a harvest, right? I mean, why else would you plant seed? I mean, you know, I mean, you, you plant it for a r- result of the seed, right? And here's some things I jotted down when I was thinking about harvest. Harvest is a time of reaping right harvest is a time of rejoicing yeah because we're going to rejoice because we get to reap something right harvest is a time of ripening and harvest is a time of removal when we take that and we now we use it for something so those are all things about that we got get to look forward to also there's three other things about harvest you reap after you sow isn't that right you reap after you sow you always reap what you sow and you always reap more than you sow. I know this isn't rocket science, but somehow we just forget it, or we think it's gonna not going to work this way. But God has set these things in the, into, you know, set them into motion. He's established these things, and this is just the way it is. You reap after you sow. You always reap what you sow. If you sow apple seed, you're not going to get grapefruit right? You're going to get apples. And you reap uh, more than you sow. You reap, you put in one apple seed, and then when an apple, when apples come, you open them up, there's a whole bunch of apple seeds in each one of the apples, right? There's always more than what you sowed. That's what's cool. God set this. It's in nature. It works in nature, and it works in the spiritual realm as well. That's just the way God has intended things to work. So God provides the season, and he provides the rain. So what's our responsibility? What do we have to provide? Provide the seed. In fact, actually, though, Paul even, uh, in in Corinthians, he says that, that he said that he was praying that God would provide the seed to the sower. So we really just have to have the desire to sow seed, and if we'll ask God, he'll even give us the seed to sow. Isn't that amazing? Paul was commending the, uh, this, this group of people because they had given into his ministry. They'd given an offering. And he said, you know, God bless you. And he was he talking about how God, and he was praying that, that God would increase them and that he, that he would even give them seed to sow. I mean, sometimes you don't have any seed to sow. But boy, you, if you knew that it's the season to sow and the rain's going to come on the seed that's sown, wouldn't you go and get some seed somehow? Sow some seed. Amen. Amen. You know, the bad thing, and my hesitancy on, on preaching this message is that there's been so much abuse to the, the Christian people and to, to, to believers about seed, sowing, you know, seed time and harvest, in, in fact, or sowing seed. Amen? I mean, I'm sure if any of you have seen a you know, television program or a Christian television program or heard some kind of broadcast, you know, there's been an abuse about seed time and harvest, right? But does that change the fact that it's, there's a reality to it, you know? Um, you know, I've heard there's some 
car dealers out there, dealerships out there that may, might have some flooded cars that came through this, you know, uh, Harvey, and they might lie to you and abuse you and tell you what a good deal that you're getting, and they might, uh, you know, abuse you on that particular deal, but that don't change the fact that you need a car, and that there's a good car out there, and you just need to find the, the right one, right? So within the sanctity of our fellowship and of our church, as your pastor, the respons- my responsibility is to tell you what God's doing. And I want to tell you that God says this is the season of abundance and overflow. You ask me for rain in this season of rain. I'm going to provide the rain. Now then all you need to do is obey. Plant the seed. Plant the seed. Ecclesiastes, back to chapter 3, verse 15. Back to hearing these words that Solomon was speaking about. He says, you know, there's a time for everything. There's a season for everything. There's a, a verse of scripture that's puzzling. A lot of people are just so confused by it. Says, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a riddle. It's a, it's a mystery riddle. Because he says this, and this is from the New International Version. He says, whatever is has already been, and what will be has been before. Cool. It, it sounds like a riddle, isn't it? It's a riddle. Whatever is has already been, and what will be has been before. Oh. Oh. Wow, there's a secret there somewhere. Well, there's really no secret. If you think about what he's talking about, he's talking about season. There's a season for everything. Now, he says, whatever is, I wish I had a tree up here, you know, is. You guys got to visualize, okay? So I I have a a tree here. Let's say an oak tree since we're here in Texas with these live oaks. Let's say we got a live oak, and I'm saying it is. It's, a, it's an oak tree. It's, it is. But whatever is has already been. Well, how ha- could it already be? How could it already be if it is? How was it already being? What state was it in when it was already being? It was a seed, right? <laughs> yeah. My, my clarity on this little simple riddle is getting kind of confusing. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> so if it is... It's already been, it's been through the seed. Let's say this microphone then, so, so you can see this. This, whatever is, has already been. This has already been before it is. It was, it was a concept in someone's mind, and they drew out a plan, and that plan, in a sense, was a seed that was sown into uh, fabricating this microphone. So it is, but it was a concept, it was a seed in someone's mind that put it into effect and designed this and made it. So whatever is has already been. And Solomon, one place he says, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new. It's already been. It was a concept somewhere. It was a seed in the, in the concept of an idea. That, and that seed goes in and it comes forth, okay? Well, so that's a little more abstract through these things like, you know, chairs and microphones and stuff but if you can get back into this thing about a tree or a plant or a fruit or whatever it was before it it is it was a seed before it is a fruit are you with me so he says whatever is has already been and what will be has been before well what will be okay so what is here's the tree okay so uh, the tree is, it, it has been, it was, it was a seed, now it's a tree, and what is it going to be? It's going to put forth fruit, right? Okay, so if it puts forth fruit, he says, and what will be has been before. 
So what he says is, it's going to put forth a harvest, but that's okay. It's had a harvest before because that's just the cycle. It starts as a seed. It becomes a tree. It produces fruit. The fruit has already been, you know, it's been before because we had a harvest before because it just cycles through. And it keeps cycling around. He says, you know, there's nothing new. There's just this cycle of life, so to speak, that it was because now as it's putting forth fruit, what's happening? There is a was or there is a is inside that fruit that's going to be what was when it gets to be is. And once it is, it's going to be has been. But it's also going to be going to be. So I knew you guys would get it. Don't ask me to say that again. <laughs> Who's on first? <laughs> So he says, whatever is has already been, and what will be has been before. He says there's a seed. That seed becomes a, a, a plant, a fruit. And that fruit's going to put forth a harvest. And in that harvest is going to be more seed that to be able to plant, to be able to get more harvest. So what is the tree has already been a seed. And God will call the past to account. He's going to call the past to account. He's going to call, you know, harvest that principle of harvest there's a principle of harvest that god has established there will be harvest so he calls the past principle of harvest to come into effect upon that seed to make it produce a harvest amen so your seed is going to produce a harvest it's already been a harvest it's always going to be a harvest that's the cycle that it gets into even if you don't understand it say amen (laughs) galatians chapter six the apostle paul's telling the galatians he says um And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not uh, lose heart. So he says, you know, just have some patience and have some endurance here, because in due season, and that's pretty, uh, you know, that helps us to understand something, that there's a due season, that this harvest comes in in the due season. When, When the harvest is due, the season for that will produce that harvest. So, um... You know, sometimes we want just an instant return for something. You know, we want it to happen. But there's some seed that's been in the ground that I've planted. It's been in the ground many, many years. But, hey, I'm still expecting that harvest. It's just a different type. It's going to produce a different harvest. So, now here's, your, here's a principle. You can write this down. What, this is a discovered principle. That the value of the seed is not seen until the harvest. The value of the seed is not seen until the harvest. You know, how much that's going to produce, the value of the seed that I plant, is really not evidence until the harvest comes, and if it puts out a lot, it's like, wow, that was a productive seed, right? And so here's what I think is cool about this, is that if we sow seed in the time, of, in, in the right season, and we're asking God to give the rain, send the increase in the season of increase upon the seed that we have planted in that season of increase. Wow, there's going to be a lot of production from that. You'll always reap a harvest for seed that's sown, but I think that there's a certain season that you can reap more abundance in. Does that make sense? So we need to get our best seed sown in this season because the rain's coming because I'm asking God for rain in this season of rain hallelujah the rain's coming hallelujah okay turn to Deuteronomy chapter 11 
Deuteronomy, isn't that a good, that's an interesting word too, isn't it? Isn't that cool? Deuteronomy. Uh, just to, or you can abbreviate it, Dupe, D-E-U-T, Dupe. Chapter 11, verse 8. He says, observe, therefore. Now, that word observe, that tells us we're gonna have to, it's going to take some effort here, so get ready. I want you to get, your, get ready to observe something, because he's telling us, observe, therefore, all the commands I am giving you today, so that you may have the strength to go in and take over the land that you are crossing, the Jordan to possess. So let's say hypothetically, this Jordan is us crossing over into this new year, 2018. And so he says, now you need to observe all of my principles that, I, that I'm giving to you. You know, the principles that I've laid out, observe those so that you can have the strength to go in and to... Uh, uh, to take over the land or in, you know, into this new land that we're crossing into. Verse 9. And so that you may live long in the land that the Lord swore to your forefathers to give to them and their descendants a land flowing with milk and honey. Okay? So we're going into this land, a land of overflow. You know, I think that there's seed that my, my parents planted that might have been planted into my life that that seed's still coming to pass. Amen. So he says, uh, you know, you're entering into this land, you and your descendants, a land flowing with milk and honey. I believe that what you do for the Lord and how you're responsible with your seed is going to affect your descendants. I really believe that. I I, I won't mention any names, but uh, I knew this family and uh, actually got a chance to meet the grandmother of this and saw these generations. And I thought, you know what? It's like, it's amazing. They're just blessed. It's like every time they turn around, they're blessed. And as I began getting to hear about, you know, the grandfather and some of the things that he did and how that they always put the Lord first and they were farmers and, and you know, how God blessed them. And, and you could see this blessing upon these different generations. I thought, that's so cool. I want that for my family. If the Lord tarries, I, I want the blessings and the things that I do, my actions and, and the seed that I sow, both financially and, and with character, I want that to go into the ground that it continues to produce a blessing upon my descendants. Amen. So it says the land that you are, that you are entering, verse 10, the land you are entering to take over is not like the land of Egypt. Oh, wait a minute. So in other words, where we're going is not like where we've been. All right, I like that. <laughs> Isn't that good? We're getting ready to go into something new. Where we're going, we have, it's not like where we've been. He says, from which you have come, uh, where you planted your seed and irrigated it by foot, as in a veg- vegetable garden, verse 11. But the land you are crossing, the Jordan to take possession of, is a land of mountains and valleys uh, that drink rain from heaven. All right, so, you know, it might have been a struggle back here, you know, but where we're going is not going to be like that. The season we're entering into, this land that we're going into, this year that we're going into, it's going to be a land that there's going to be some victories. There's going to be some, some valleys that we go through here, and it's going to drink up this rain from heaven. Amen? I'm not going to have to carry buckets out and irrigate it. You know, come on, grow. Man, I, I think I've worked in some of that before and, and had to try to irrigate the seed that's, uh, that I planted and stuff like that. But he says, uh, not in this season, not as you're crossing over here. Um, then verse 12, it says, it is a land the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord, look at this. The eyes of the Lord your God are continually on it from the beginning of the year to its end. Isn't that amazing? Have you ever noticed that before? 
I've read that passage of Scripture many times. I, I think I've preached off of this before. But he talks about from the beginning of the year to the end. And that's what we're talking about. We're here at the beginning of this year. He said, it's a land that the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are continually on it from the beginning of the year to its end. Verse 13. So if you faithfully obey, oh, there's that word again, obey. If you faithfully obey the commands I am giving you today to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, then I will send rain on your land in its season. Are you getting it? Are you getting it? You know, um, hey, we, we are going to affect our harvest by what we do. And so it's our choice. It's our choice on what to do. He says, then I will send rain on your land in its season, both autumn and spring rains. Here we go. All right. There's a couple of, this season is so full. It's abundant and overflowing that there's going to be uh, the former and the latter rain. There's going to be the, the spring rain, the autumn rain and the spring rains. So that you may gather in your grain new wine and oil, gather your grain, your new wine and your oil. And boy, we don't have time to get into even break those down on the different categories and things. And he says, verse 15, I will provide grass in the fields for your cattle and you will eat and be satisfied. Everything's going to be covered. Yeah. Amen. You're going to have gas for the car. <laughs> and we don't need grass for the, the cattle anymore, but we need gas for the car. You're gonna, you know, it's going to work, okay? Now look at this, verse 10, he says, the land that you are entering to take over is not like the land of Egypt from which you came. So in other words, like I said a while ago, where God is taking you is not like where you have been. So get ready, get ready. That ought to be, you ought to just give God praise for that. Amen, get ready. (laughs) Hallelujah. Now I like this. Is that just a praise? Is that a comment? Praise him, all right. I'm just checking, man, because I'll take you all input here. Verse 12, though, look at this. He says, the eyes of the Lord, your God, are continually on it from the beginning of the year to its end. Hmm. God is not looking at where you are, but he's looking at where he's taking you. You His eyes are up here on the land where he's taking us. So let me tell you, you know where you need to be? You need to be up where the eyes of the Lord are, right? Not back here, you know, stuck back here trying to figure something out or pouting or whatever or, or... you know, just getting so sad about the past year, it's time to move. It's to move with God. And, and so uh, where he's, he's not looking at where you are, but he's looking at where he's taking you. Hallelujah. And we just need to remember that to get our, you know, as we are planting our best seed and getting it into the ground, then that's where God's looking. He's looking at that land there. That's where I want his eyes to be upon where I'm planting, what he's, what, uh, where we're going. I heard somebody say one time, uh, if you're, if your gift doesn't move you, it won't move God. If your seed won't move you, it won't move God. And you know what? I, personally, I've experienced in my life where I was like, oh, wow. When, it felt like when the Lord told me to plant a certain seed for something. And I thought, I had to kind of catch my breath. Whew. And you know, I, okay, well, let me see if I, if Sandy says something about it, if she confirms it, you know. And then she'll say, you know what? <laughs> and then, then we're both out of breath. And, and, but you know what? That's when we've seen some tremendous blessing, harvest. Because you know what? If your seed don't move you, it sure won't move God. Now, that don't mean that it won't produce, but it's just going to produce to the uh, amount that you plant. Amen? So, um, I jotted down here, don't sow a seed for where you are, but sow a seed for where you want to be. 
Amen. Way back when we were, we came down and we were pastoring Gleaner Church, way back there. And I think our income was, the, the church paid us $100 a week. $100 a week. Yeah, it wasn't much back then either. <laughs> and uh, it was tough. But we purposed we were going to tithe $50 a week. You know why? Because it wasn't where we, I didn't want to tithe on where I was, but on where I wanted to be. And we did that, didn't we, Sandy? And we would purpose, and you know, I remember someone confronting me, and they thought we're getting some money from a lot of other places, you know, and trying to wonder who all supporting us and all this stuff while we're down there. And, of course, I wanted to keep, didn't want the left hand to know what my right hand was doing. I said, you know, well, we're just giving, so whatever. But we, you know, I said, you know, I don't want to stay here on barely get by. I want to get over here on more than enough. And so we began to sow seed for where we wanted to be, not from where we were. Think about it. You can do whatever you want to do. Just, just think about it, okay? So it says, now we need to observe these things. You know, that means to adhere to it, to follow. It means to, to, to keep these things that, that he's telling us. So the question here is, what does the Bible say about sowing and reaping? We're in this time of, of seed time and harvest, but what does, it, what does it actually say about sowing and reaping? I jotted down a few facts about sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping is a law in the natural world. We talked about that right? You know, that's just the way that it happens. You sow seed, you get a harvest. God uses the law of sowing and reaping to bestow his blessings. We found that out in his word. That's how God blesses. He uses this law, this principle of sowing and reaping to bestow his blessings upon his people. Um, you know, we saw that, I think, in Genesis 1.12, you know, uh, where he says these plants, you know, were given to man for food uh, in, in verse 29. And he, so he, he just talks about that that's, that's how that it's provided. That's how he blesses through. Um, and it's through, uh, you know, again, in the season of abundance and overflow, that's when we need to make sure that we're getting our seed in the ground. Um, in fact, in, in some cases, they're talking about that God uses the law of sowing and reaping to bless us. In some uh, circumstances here, like in Genesis chapter 26, verse 12, I jotted down here about Isaac. It says, Isaac planted crops in that land and the same year reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. He reaped a hundredfold because God blessed him. So when you're sowing into that season and being obedient to what God says to do, God can just bless exceedingly abundantly above all that we're able to ask or think. A hundredfold. You know, we talk about these things, hundredfold blessings. And, you know, I've heard that and, you know, maybe been manipulated along that line sometimes. And I thought, well, I know God's word is true. How does it work? How does it really come into effect? It comes into effect when we get into alignment, when we understand the times. And so this is a season that we're entering into that I think we're going to, you know, reap some blessings from seed that's been sown, but also for the seed that we're sowing in this, in this season, I believe there's going to be uh, an exceeding overflow. Hallelujah. Amen. Exodus chapter 23, verse 19. Let me just throw some scriptures out here for some references for you guys to study. It says, bring the best of the, fr- the first fruits of your, of your soil to the house of the Lord, your God. So he says, bring the best of your, your first fruits in. You know, not the leftovers, but bring the best for God. That's how he blesses. In Leviticus chapter 23, verse 10. Uh, it says, speak to the Israelites and say to them, when you enter the land I am going to give you and you reap its harvest, 
bring to the priest a sheaf of the first grain of your harvest. Says he is to wave the sheaf before the Lord so that it will be accepted uh, on your behalf. So he's telling them, when you have, uh, you know, your harvest, bring it in, bring it in to the to the uh, the priest. Let him, you know, honor it before God, and God's going to see it and, and honor you, and accept it in your behalf. Another thing about the harvest is that. Um, you know, God, we saw there that God warned Israel that if they forsook him and if they, you know, went off to other idols and various other things and maybe they were, you know, more concerned about other things, that he would, um, that their crops would fail. You know, he would, he would withhold the rain from their, their, their seed uh, that, that was planted. And in fact, in Micah chapter 6, verse 15, we don't go to Micah very often, do we? Micah, the book of Micah, at least that's a little a little better name, a little more common name than some others that we have there. But he says, you will plant but not harvest. That's whenever we're doing our own thing and we're turned to, uh, to idols or we're worshiping other things, we're giving more devotion and attention to other things than God, then you know what? Our harvest suffers in that. He said, you, you, you might plant but you won't harvest. Wow, I don't want that. So it ought to be out of our worship to the Lord, you know, loving him. Um. And so we, we looked at that um, sowing and reaping is also a spiritual law. And uh, Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, says, Do not be deceived. God cannot uh, be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. And that's good news and bad news. <laughs> right? Good news and bad news. You're going to reap what you sow. Um, you know, if you sow to the flesh, he says, from the flesh you're going to reap corruption. If you sow to the spirit, then you're going to reap spiritual benefits from that. This involves our money uh, because our money represents our life but it also involves our time and our talent as well our devotion our attention you know as as i sow seed so to speak of time spent before the lord he honors that and he blesses back so think of that as well um another thing i jotted down here about the harvest is that we reap in kind what we sow uh for instance you know whoever sows as i said to please the flesh the bible says there in galatians from the flesh will reap destruction and um but whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life or limitlessness you know in, in our life and proverbs 11 1 or eleven eighteen says the one who sows righteousness reaps a sure reward but whoever sows injustice reaps calamity so you reap what you sow right also uh, sowing and reaping implies a weight now that's hard you know when i sow I remember when I was a little kid, you know, um, my mom had these little cups and we planted some little seeds in there and watered it in men. And it was like two hours later, I'm back. It's not, it's not growing. You know, it didn't grow that evening. It didn't grow the next day. You know, it was, I don't know how long it was before a little sprout came out. Oh, it's starting to sprout. It involves a weight, right? Sometimes we don't like the weight, but there is a weight to it. Uh, that's why we just... You know, that's why a life of sowing and reaping is good because you can always be reaping as you're sowing so that when you get here, you've got something that you can reap. You know, in each step, now then there's provision at each step. You see what I'm saying? Rather than a long in-between of things. And also we reap uh, proportionately to what we sow. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. Remember where he says, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Had a guy one time come up and he says, well, pastor, am I supposed to tithe off my gross or off of my net? 
I said, well, I don't know. Uh, do you want a gross harvest or a net harvest? <laughs> I mean, I didn't know what to say. You know, you can do whatever you want to do. That's between you and God, but I know whatever you do, you're going to get back. So if you sow generously, you're going to get received generously. You know, you're going to reap generously. If you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. We had to tell one guy one time, hey, you're not, this isn't right. He was, um, had a business. He had his own business, and he worked on the ship channel. And what he was doing is he would bid a job. And so he would, for that job, which included, you know, material and all these other things, plus labor, well, he'd get some money for that. And so he would tithe off of what he's getting for the job, but he's putting all this, you know, material and stuff into it. And that, that's not really, you didn't make anything off of that. That wasn't increase. That was expenses, right? And I said, because he was like, you know, things were tough. And I'm like, well, he was talking, you know, we're counseling. And I said, well, so tell me about work. So he started telling me. And so I said, well, tell me about your giving. And, and so he told me, I said, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> you, you no, know, you don't give off of that. that you, that's not increase. That's expenses, you know. And, but you know what? God was blessing. But the thing was, he was just throwing it all back out. He says, you've got a big harvest coming. But what I would suggest right now is just give off of your increase. <laughs> you know? And he began to do that. God blessed him. God continued to bless him. He was just, you know, saying things were tight. I said, it's because, man, you're just dumping everything in you. And there, so you've got to be careful. But I don't know. I said, but, you know, you've got to listen to God. If God tells you to do it, then you do it. If he doesn't, don't do it. We reap proportionally to what we sow. Jesus said, and this is always good. A lot of people say, well, you know, we're in the New Testament. We're not under the law. That's exactly right. There's no limitations on our giving in the New Testament. We're not bound to any amount. You know, it's whatever, whatever you decide. In fact, Jesus said this in Luke six thirty-eight: Give, and it will be given to you. Pretty simple. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back. That's what Jesus said. Wow, that's pretty cool. We went to the uh, movies the other night to uh, see, what was it we saw? Something like that. (laughs) What did we see? Is that what we saw? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the post. It was a true story. That true story about the, the paper. That's so what I was thinking. What? Yeah, it was the paper. Boy, it was really thriller because I, you know, it just popped right up to my mind what the title was. <laughs> but anyway, um, but here's the whole thing. We go to get some popcorn. So as the lady's going, Sandy says, pack it down in there really tight. And so, <laughs> and so boy, she was scooping that popcorn and she was pressing it down with that big scoop deal. Press it down. She'd get some more and she'd put it on there and she'd press it down. I was just sitting there just laughing. I thought, well, there you go, honey. Putting that prince, press down, shaking together, running over, boy. <laughs> so as, we're get, as I was trying to eat that popcorn, it's like, man, I'd get one out and a bunch of them would fall out. It just popping out of there, you know? <laughs> and I always had to laugh. I thought, that's right. That's what we want in our lives. Just press it down, shaking together, no room. And then it just, boy, when you take one out, it's just, it's just running over. Amen. Hallelujah. But that's what Jesus said. It's going to be given into your lap. And so then we reap more than, the other principle is you reap more than what you sow. Like I said a while ago, you know, you sow one seed, it produces a fruit that has many seeds in there. Amen. Praise God. So I want to encourage you with this. All right. 
you know, this is a time I just want to unpack this. I wanted to, to take a look at the Word of God, what God's saying, what season that we're in, so that we can get in line with God, we can align with Him, align with His, with His Word as well, and with the season that we're walking in, and see God bless. Amen? Amen. Are you excited? Are you excited about what God's doing in this season? Are you ready? Are you ready?